Welcome to the Outlaw Radio Show. My name is Zach Adams, and I pastor a church located just outside of Athens, Georgia. The name of the church is Calvary 316. We're located off of Highway 316. If you'd like to learn more, if you're local, learn more about the church, come visit us one Sunday morning. Our service is at 1030. Uh, Check out our website, calvary316.com. Again, that's calvary316.com. Wherever you happen to be listening, or how you're listening, whether it's via one of our incredible radio partners or via our podcast. However, wherever, I do hope, you stay with me over the next hour as I seek to deconstruct the negative perception that the world has of Christians by boldly discussing relevant topics in an honest and genuine way. Uh, Part of our heart here at the Outlaw Radio Show is to interact with you, the listening audience. Um, reach out to us. There are several ways that you can do so. Our email address is info at outlawradio.org. We are on Facebook, facebook.com slash the radio outlaw. And we're on Twitter. Our handle is at radio underscore outlaw. If you have any questions about something that is said on the show, uh, we want to hear from you. Uh, If you want to challenge something, we want to hear from you. If you're blessed by something said on the show or encouraged, enlightened, If you're learning and growing, man, testimonies, very cool. Reach out and let us know. Again, info at outlawradio.org, facebook.com slash theradiooutlaw, and our Twitter handle is at radio underscore outlaw. All of these things you can easily find from our website, which is outlawradio.org. Again, outlawradio.org. Today, I want to talk about the porn-demic that is affecting American society. Yes, I coined a term, porn-demic. We are facing an epidemic of pornography use. The addiction to pornography is at epidemic levels. I'm going to share a little bit of thoughts on why I believe that's the case. Some very interesting things have hit the news recently. Uh, Some data, some updated statistics. Uh... I want to also talk about, after building the case of why we're facing this porn-demic, I want to talk about what, what effects this has on society, because I think not only does it explain some of the things we have been seeing, but explains some of the current trends, uh, negative trends that are taking place in American culture. And then I want to kind of wrap up our time together today by discussing how Christians should deal with this pandemic in America, because Christians, Christianity, the church is not immune. You know, one of the things about a pandemic is that uh, it, it doesn't necessarily respect boundaries. And the reality is that the church is facing a pandemic just as much as the rest of the culture, that these things are systematic. And thus, they need to be addressed. And so I'm going to wrap up our time together by by giving you six things um, concerning the way Christians, the church, how we should pivot a little bit in dealing with this controversial topic. Now, I want to begin a conversation about pornography, honestly, in in kind of a bizarre uh, bizarre place. Recently in the news, we have this movement— towards banning vaping. I don't know if you've heard of this. Uh, Vaping are electronic cigarettes. They can be uh, tobacco-flavored. They could be bubblegum. You'll see them. They don't look like a cigarette, although some do. Uh, They're battery-powered, and they're water vapor-based. So instead of uh, a flame igniting a tobacco product of which then you draw air through, and that creates the smoke, etc. cetera. Uh, a, a vape pen, vaping, it's water-based. So you're, you're heating up water, infusing it with a particular flavor, and, and it's uh, the, the vapor of the water as it's heated. Um, you're not actually blowing smoke. So if you see somebody with a vape pen or vaping, uh, that's not, it's not smoke, it's water vapor. The reason that this is becomes such a thing in our society. Good grief, there's there's a lot of explanations. The reason that this has become a a hot-button topic 
is that people have died from vaping. Now, it's really hard to actually find solid statistics on how many deaths can be attributed to vaping. And beyond that, what's even more difficult is that vaping, it's a very broad thing. To the best of my research, a lot of the deaths from vaping, a lot of these lung diseases uh, that have taken people's lives, and this is something you don't, you don't hear a lot discussed, but it's, it's rooted in vaping marijuana products, HTC and, and the oils of, of marijuana. Uh, we know that marijuana has um, very convoluted medical effects on a human body. Yes, there is medical marijuana, and there is an aspect of marijuana that can help uh, with glaucoma. Uh, there's an aspect of marijuana that can help with, with pain. Um, but there's also a lot of negative results of marijuana on the physical body. And vaping, marijuana oil, it's, it can be dangerous. There's a lot about vaping that we don't understand, that we don't know. It's a, it's a relatively new phenomenon. It's in the news because there's been a lot of deaths related to vaping, and it's also in the news because vaping has become a fad in youth culture, in much the same way that if you go back to the 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, that cigarette smoking was marketed to kids. It was made cool. It's how people got hooked on it, and in a lot of the same ways, uh, we see the same things taking place with vaping, vape culture. A lot of kids, just in my time as a youth pastor, um, there is an, uh, at least a, a common perception that vaping is innocent, that it's, it doesn't affect you, uh, that it's safer than a cigarette. And so instead of smoking cigarettes, kids are vaping. And it's a whole industry that's not regulated. Um, it, hasn't, it hasn't been approved. Very interesting stuff. So vaping has been in the news recently. It's been in the news because there's been deaths. It's been in the news because, um, without a doubt, and, and I don't think you can debate it, uh, vaping has taken root in youth culture. That being said, something's happened most recently that just irritates me. And, and this kind of sets the stage for what we're going to talk about more broadly. But they are now, the federal government, President Trump came out, and, and like, I don't care where you stand on, on smoking or cigarettes or vaping or, or, or whatever. Like, that's not the, the purpose of this. But we're going to now, and they're working on legislation, and if not legislation, just an executive order, banning vaping entirely. As a matter of fact, towards the end of 2019, the president came out and, and made this statement that they were going to ban vaping. Uh, he got a lot of kickback from that. And so here at the start of 2020, uh, the topics reemerged. There's going to be some type of a, of a, a ban, not an, a full ban, but there is going to be some um, hardline restrictions concerning uh, vaping. Now, what irritates me about this is that the restrictions that are going to be placed on vaping, we're being told are, are occurring out of the protection of the children. This is one of the, this is one of the policies. The, the, one of the policies is that you're going to be allowed to vape only tobacco flavors. All the other watermelon or cherry or whatever, because you can get anything, any flavor to your heart's content, you can vape. Those things are going to be banned because, you know, kids don't like tobacco flavors. And so we're going to get rid of the bubble gum, the cotton candy flavored. So the kids don't do this anymore. We're going to do this for the kids. Now, uh, that's baloney. Uh, let me add one caveat. Vaping, regardless of what your, of what your positions are, uh, there is a redeeming aspect to vaping. Uh, cigarettes are incredibly addictive and destroy lives. Cigarette smoking. Lighting the end of a cigarette, drawing in not just the nicotine from the tobacco, but all of the tar and the chemicals, the additives, causes lung cancer, 
all kinds of devastating effects. I don't know one person. So I, I've got a whole group of friends, and, and a lot of them smoke cigarettes. Uh, some of the guys in, in the church. Not one of them wants to. Not one of them's pleased with it. Not one of them likes the fact that they get up early in the morning and go outside in the freezing cold because they've got to have a nicotine hit from a cigarette. They can't smoke inside. Secondhand smoke's also not healthy. Their wives won't let them. <laughs> it's it's a it's a it's a, a terrible taskmaster, the cigarette. And there is no question that that e-cigarettes or vaping, especially when it's tobacco flavored, has helped many, 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 many people break their addiction to the cigarette. So, so there is, and the caveat is that vaping is helping a lot of people break free of their cigarette addiction. But banning bubblegum and cotton candy flavor vaping out of protection of the kids is the most disingenuous thing I've ever heard. And here's why. The government doesn't give a flip about the kids. You know why they're wanting to ban all vaping with the exception of the nicotine-flavored vapes? It's because the tobacco lobby is making millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars because they've pivoted from selling cigarettes to selling uh, tobacco-flavored vaping. So it's, it's actually the cigarette lobby, Big Tobacco, that wants to ban all competition and rival because they want a whole group of people smoking their product through a vape pen. It's completely disingenuous. Not only is it disingenuous, but we have this outcry. It's for the children. we got to protect the children. We've got to make sure that the children remain healthy. So on one aspect, well, we should ban vaping. And then out of the other side of the mouth, we're in a full societal march towards the legalization of marijuana. What? Like you can't in one, one say, well, we want to ban vaping because we want to protect the children. And then on the other breath say, well, we should also, <laughs> we should legalize this thing. We actually know very little about beyond that. When was, if, if, if we're so concerned about the health and well-being of the children to the point that, that we've increased the age in which you're allowed to buy a cigarette from 18 to 21, which to me is also mind-blowing because uh, we can send you, arm you to a foreign country to take lives, to defend America, but you can't have a cigarette. Like we, we, you're old enough for us to send you into war, but you're not old enough to have a cigarette. That's crazy to me. Beyond that, when was the last time, if we're so concerned about the health of the children, that anyone in Washington at all brought up what pornography is doing to the youth of America? When was the last time you heard that? When was the last time Tucker Carlson ran a special talking about the porn-demic we're facing in America? They don't care about the children or this would be a topic, but it will be today. Don't go anywhere. We'll pick up this thought here on the Outlaw Radio Show. One of the most important visions of the Outlaw Radio Show is our desire to challenge you to think critically, ask relevant questions, and then pursue answers on your own. The sad reality is many Christians fail to reflect Christ because they don't know what they believe or why they believe what they do. This is why, in addition to the Outlaw Radio Show tackling tough topics you might not hear at church, it is our desire to equip, inspire, and challenge you to dig into God's Word and wrestle with these complex topics on your own. To help you in this important process, we want you to check out blueletterbible.org. It would be an understatement to say that this website will transform the way you study the Bible. In fact, it will revolutionize it. Aside from their treasure trove of free online commentaries, blueletterbible.org also has an incredible word search function, making it super simple to dive into the original language behind a text. 
So if you want to dig deeper into your study of scripture and in the process, learn and grow, we encourage you to check out blueletterbible.org today. Welcome back to the Outlaw Radio Show. My name is Zach Adams. I'm glad you're with me. We live in an interesting day and age. Pornography, it's at epidemic levels. We are facing a pornemic. And yet, we have a whole group of politicians in Washington seeking to ban vaping, water vapor, out of the protection of the children while they sit idly by and do nothing about this social rot, this cancer that's destroying the very fabric of our society. They want to ban vaping, but they don't, don't want to do some, they don't want to do anything to an activity that's literally rewiring the brains of America's youth. I ran across this stat in 2016. The world consumed a whopping 100 and 91,625,000 days of porn on one website. One. That translates to 5,246 centuries worth of smut. Do you know that today, 35% of all internet downloads are porn-related? 30% of all the data transferred across the internet is also porn-related. And by far, I mean, it's not even close. The United States of America watches more pornography per capita than any other nation on the globe. One of the things that hit me I was on Twitter scrolling through my feed and I saw an article and the headline just caught my eye. I, I couldn't, I couldn't even wrap my brain around it. And I, I clicked this link to a reputable news organization citing one of the largest porn websites. So this porn website, again, I'm not going to mention it. What they do is every year they kind of give a recap, a data recap of some of the stats, how successful their website was in the previous year. And, and this, this article cites a bunch of their internal statistics about porn consumption and the year 2019. So this is the most current data about porn use. And what I'm going to share with you is from one website, just one. And 2019 there was 1.36 million hours of new content put on their site. That's just new content. It would take you 169 years to watch just the new content. If you started watching just 2019's new videos and you began in the year 1850, you would still be watching porn by December 31st, 2019. That's just the new content. In 2019, there were over, this is astonishing, 42 billion visits. This is one website. Again, one website, one pornography website. 42 billion visits in the year 2019. On average... It's 115 million unique visitors per day. <laughs> now, 115 million, that's, a, that's a, such a large number, it's hard to contextualize that. Like you've never seen a, a million things <laughs> at once. 115 million in a day. That's the equivalent of the entire population's of Canada, Australia, Poland, and the Netherlands visiting one single porn website 
in one day. <laughs> According, again, to their internal report. The most, so the, the state, quote, with the most viewership per capita is by far Washington, D.C. Per capita, Washington, D.C. consumes more pornography from this one site than any other place in the United States. F following D.C., you have Illinois, Georgia, and Nevada. Arkansas has the, the fewest viewers per capita. On average, again, according to their own internal data, the average visit duration in the United States was 10 minutes and 36 seconds. So again, this is not just going and then immediately leaving the site. This is going, browsing around, doing your thing, and then leave 10 minutes on average, 10 minutes and 36 seconds. Porn has this, this stigma of being very much just a male thing, but female viewership increased three points from 2018 to 2019. It's up to 32% of the traffic is female. 32%. The average age of a visitor. Again, I don't, I don't exactly know how they get all of this data. <laughs> it's kind of creepy, honestly. The average age of a visitor to this one website is 36 years old. So you were born in 1983. I know that because <laughs> I'm 36 years old. I'll be 37 this year. 36% of the traffic of this one website takes place um, 36% from ages 25 to 34, 25% from 18 to 24, which means that 18 to 24 year olds are actually consuming about 11% less. That's, that's interesting. 17% ages 35 to 44, 11% 45 to 54, 7% 55 to 64, and 4% 65 and older. 64% of those aged 13 to 24, more broadly speaking, actively seek out pornography weekly or more often. Let me say that again. Those aged 13 to 24, 64% watch porn at least once a week. How is porn consumed? It used to be that the only place that you could view pornography would you'd actually have to go to, you know, a smut house of some kind, a strip club. And then it became a nudie magazine. And then there were video cassette tapes, VHSs, then DVDs. And then uh, porn jumped to the internet, and it took off all kinds of different various porn sites. So from your computer or your laptop, you, it's how you consume porn. Today, 83.7% of all traffic of pornography occurs on a cell phone, on a smartphone. Again, that's 83.7% of all porn traffic takes place on a mobile device. I found this interesting. Again, this comes from the internal data of, of this one website. But they found that their overall web traffic took a 27% decrease during the Super Bowl. <laughs> The Super Bowl was really bad for pornography. A 27% dip. During the NBA Finals, the, the Game 6, because they didn't get to a Game 7, uh, it, their traffic dipped 8% nationally. Now, it dipped 30% in Toronto, because the Raptors ended up winning the championship, and it dipped 15% in San Francisco, or the Bay Area, because the Warriors, the Warriors were there, but 8% but nationally. During the uh, college football national championship, their traffic de decreased. This is interesting. One percent. Um, 
I, I don't necessarily have a, an explanation for that, but it, but it dropped 10% in the state of Alabama and 8% in the state of, of South Carolina because Alabama was playing Clemson. During the Major League Baseball World Series Game 7, uh, this porn site saw their traffic decrease 3% nationally, 8% in Washington, D.C., uh, because the Nationals were playing, and 10% in Houston. Um, the Daytona 500. During the Daytona 500, uh, their porn traffic decreased 5% nationally. Porndemic. I could go on and on and on. I could share with you stat after stat after stat. No one's talking about it. But pornography is, it's become as characteristic of America as the Stars and Stripes, as Coca-Cola and Apple Pie. It's, it's massive. And it's destructive. And it's yielding devastating effects across our society. We'll get to those in a minute. I do want to remind you that if you're listening in the car, if you're listening on the radio, and you're unable to listen to this episode in its entirety because, well, um, just the medium, don't worry. Our podcast, the Outlaw Radio Podcast, it's available on both iTunes, Google Play, however you consume podcasting. The easiest way to get to it is to go to outlawradio.org. You'll see in the top right-hand corner a podcasting link. Uh, that's the easiest way to find us. If you just go to uh, your podcast provider, just search Zach Adams, you'll also find us. If you subscribe, you can get this episode in its entirety. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back here with the Outlaw Radio Show. Hey, this is Josh. You're listening to the Outlaw Radio Show with Zach Adams. I don't know about you, but I was personally shocked by some of the statistics that Pastor Zach shared today. Truly, this word that Zach came up with today really is accurate to what we are experiencing here, a porn-demic. Please don't go anywhere. Come back for the second half of the Outlaw Radio Show with Zach Adams. Now, here's Zach Adams describing more the term that he's come up with, porn-demic. Welcome back to the Outlaw Radio Show. My name is Zach Adams. I'm so glad that you're joining me, that you're listening to this particular episode that I've, I've titled Porn-demic. Pornography, the consumption of pornography, the addiction to pornography has reached in our society epidemic levels. Throughout the episode, I've been sharing with you some of the data, some of the stats uh, recently produced by one of the largest producers of smut on the internet. Uh, amazingly, this one website in 2019 had over 42 billion visits every day 115 million people more than the population of canada australia poland and the netherlands combined visited this one website each and every day the united states by far the largest consumer of porn and yet our leaders in Washington appear to be more concerned about the negative effects of vaping. The dangers of vaping with the youth of America. You'll never hear them talk about the effects of pornography. I love Tucker Carlson. Fox News. He's one of my favorite commentators. Seems to be a genuine guy. Cares about things. Speaks truth to power. Not one, not one mention. When was the last time you saw a public figure address pornography? You haven't. We want to protect the kids, but we, want to, we don't want to talk about the, the one thing affecting our kids 
negatively destroying our culture. The effects of porn. I want to give you just three. There are many. But this pandemic, it's, it's ruining our nation from the inside out. The, the first effect of such a, a pandemic is that sexual deviancy becomes normalized. You know, the more you familiar, familiarize yourself with a certain subject matter, the more you become desensitized to it. When I was a teenager, I started listening to some secular music that was filled with profanity. And then out of the blue, I started noticing that my language was filled with profanity. How in the world did that happen? Well, garbage in, garbage out. The, the things we consume leave an effect. They make a mark. They influence. The more and more and more you're feeding your brain and your soul with porn, the more of an effect that that's going to have. It's going to, to play itself out individually, but also corporately, communally, in some devastating ways. You know, I wish a study would be done on this. I think it would be fascinating, but I've, I haven't been able to run across it. If you're listening and you know of a study, please reach out to me, info at outlawradio.org. I want to hear from you. But we have seen over the last 30 years this incredibly rapid transformation of Americans' opinions about sex, sexuality, and gender. Like, rapidly. Yes, homosexuality has existed, good grief, going back to Sodom and Gomorrah. <laughs> I mean, we've seen this in almost every major world culture. But what's fascinating is the... You, you just go back to the 80s and, and, and 90s. I, I was watching a, a pastor give a Bible study in Leviticus about homosexuality in the mid-90s. And he was talking about, you know, still just how taboo it was. I mean, everything he was talking about, our society today, man, has completely changed. Like the popular opinion, um, the consensus opinion about homosexuality has had a, a radical morphing over the last 20 years to the point that not only is homosexuality just generally accepted and societally celebrated, but gay marriage has become completely normalized. You look at every, every, every poll, popular opinion, public opinion has changed. Gender. Five years ago, if you had said, yeah, uh, the, uh, you're a bigot if you say there's only two genders, we would laugh you off the square. Like, you're out of your mind. Of course there's only two genders. And yet that is, shockingly today, this somehow controversial statement. Isn't it interesting that we have seen just these radically these radical shifts in, in public opinion about sex and sexuality, at the same time, pornography has exploded across America and has become very easy to access. The number one search across the board when it comes to pornography is lesbian. You see, the truth is that Porn consumption, this porn-demic, it messes with the pleasure center in a person's brain. It demands more and more extremes. It, it takes what might at first be scandalous, normalizes it, forcing you to a more scandalous extreme. The effect of porn long-term on the brain is that the collective brain and opinion of society perverts it it morphs it warps number two there's no doubt this pandemic affects men and specifically the way that men and and the way that they view women you know aside from lesbianism lesbian the other top search when it comes to pornography is teen the, the way that men view women has changed. Women have become uh, like, like the definitions of beauty. What is seen as being beautiful, porn has an effect on. Men's expectations of sex, porn has an effect on. There is no doubt, long term, th this can explain why you know, today, 
most millennials wait till they're at least 27 to get married. Marriage is declining. The age in which you get married is increasing. You don't think that that has a correlation to this pandemic? Women struggling with the ex- this, this, this lofty, crazy expectation. Men pleasing themselves. It's sick. Not only that, but, but this warping of, of the way that men view women, um, I think is one of the contributing factors to this whole Me Too phenomenon. We do have a problem in our culture of, of sexual assaults, rape, uh, molestations, uh, the abuse of women on college campuses, often in direct connection to alcohol abuse. Porn also plays an effect, a role. You can't pump society full of garbage and not expect it to manifest in negative ways. Number three, sex trafficking. Sex tra- trafficking becomes more and more and more prevalent. And let me explain why, because a lot of people don't understand this. Pornography on the internet for years had to be purchased, at least pertaining to like video content. You had to, you had to purchase it. You had to subscribe to it. Same way that music was. If you wanted to hear an album, you had to purchase the album. If you wanted to see a movie, you had to purchase the movie. You had to go to the movie theater. Like there was, you know, media content by and large, not just unique to pornography, uh, was, uh, it was a pay for content. Today, though, in, in every mode of media, pay for is no longer the thing. It's subscription based. But underneath it all, People don't like paying for media content. I don't like paying to listen to a new album. I don't like paying for, for this or for that. We don't like paying for things. Uh, YouTube took off because it's free content. Vimeo, free content. The internet is filled with free content. Pornography has also experienced the same effects because you no longer have to pay for content. The largest porn providers on the face of the earth are all free. It's free content. Now, what that has resulted in is the fact that, well, porn stars can't make a living anymore because they can't, as soon as they create their content, it gets ganked, ripped, put on the internet for free. You can't make any money on it, which is why, and again, some statistics need to be done. More research needs to be conducted, but almost the vast majority of the, of the women that you encounter when it comes to free porn sites, which is the largest cons- you know, place that people consume, they're all sex trafficked. A lot of them are Eastern European and they're forced into what they're doing on screen, not of their free will. The more and more this continues, the more and more and more these effects are going to be seen and it's not good And something should be done about it. Now, when we come back from the break, I want to talk about Christians and how we deal with this pandemic. With the few minutes that we have left, I know that these things are controversial. I know that these things um, are very difficult to listen to. But I'm telling you, we should all be actively reaching out to our representatives. Legislatively, something needs to be done, and it needs to be done soon. Did you know beyond the unique content of the Outlaw Radio Show, Pastor Zach Adams also has an extensive teaching archive available online for free? If you love to study the Bible, we encourage you to check out c316.tv. Currently, Pastor Zach is teaching verse by verse through the Gospel of John, but c316.tv also has video, audio, and sermon notes for the Gospel of Mark, the book of Acts, Ephesians, Genesis, Philemon, Jonah, Philippians, as well as an in-depth study on the Olivet Discourse and Jesus' seven letters to the churches recorded in Revelation 3 and 4. 
with over 17,000 minutes of expositional Bible teaching and more than 2,775 pages of written sermon transcripts, C316.tv is a must-visit for any serious student of the Bible. Welcome back to the Outlaw Radio Show. I have just a few minutes to cover quite a bit. We've been talking about this pandemic that exists within American culture. We've talked about the stats. We've talked about a bit of the blatant hypocrisy of our elected leaders who uh, want to ban vaping because of its effects on the children, and yet not one of them is even discussing this pandemic and the effects, the negative effects, as we discussed, that this is having on our society. It's destroying the way young men view women, the way that women view themselves. It's leading to all kinds of negative consequences, and yet no one wants to talk about it. As Christians, I want to wrap up our episode by talking about how we should deal with this pandemic, because the truth is, is, is the strategy that we've had up to this point hasn't worked. The Promise Keepers was a big thing. You remember Promise Keepers? Data came out about Promise Keepers where where men would promise, you know, to keep their eyes pure, to not look at pornography. Like 80% looked at pornography within the next month. Like going to a big rally, making a, making a pledge, uh, failed miserably, did nothing. Like the church really needs to rethink, we as Christians need to rethink um, how we're dealing with this pandemic, this pornemic. The first thing, and I've got six, and I'm going to get through them quickly. Uh, first, we need to be honest that, that, that there's a problem. <laughs> we need to be honest that there's a pandemic happening in our society and that the church is not immune to it. I mean, when was the last time the topic of pornography was brought up from the pulpit at your church? Uh, anytime? <laughs> when, when was the last time the topic was discussed honestly? When it was brought into the open in our churches? We need to be talking about this more, and we should, be, we should be real about it. Number two, older Christian leaders need to realize they don't understand pornography in the digital age. I had a conversation with a, a boomer friend of mine. And I say boomer with all respect, uh, with no negative connotation. Uh, he's in his mid-60s. We were talking about this topic of pornography. And he, he made the comment, he says, you know, back, back when I was you guys' age, like if you, wanted, if you wanted to look at smut, like you had to go to like a sleazy video store and like a disguise, or you had to, uh, you know, park four blocks around to go to the strip club because you didn't want to be seen by anyone, you know, or you had to go to the, like the, the, the taboo you know, back part of a gas station. Like it was, if you wanted to view pornography, it was just very hard to do it even if you wanted it. But he was like, but today, man, you can just go online and with a credit card, you can see anything you want. I'm like, bro, <laughs> you don't need a credit card. And so I, I explained to them, you know, to, to my friend, you know, how, how this is all free. Like with, with three clicks of a button on your cell phone, you can see anything, anything. Blue is mine. He was like, I had no idea it was that accessible. The, the truth is that the older generation, in much the same way that, that there's been a, a divide and, and a, a slow evolution to the accepting and incorporating of technology, there's still a, a, an angle where they don't understand how it's different today than it was. So, so two older Christians just need to realize that, that this is different. This is unique. Number three, and again, you don't have to agree with the things that I'm going to say here. If you disagree, reach out. We'd love to hear your opinions on them. But this is just my radio show, my perspective. What we're doing isn't working. I think we need a new approach. Number three, I, I believe we need to destigmatize porn use by discussing it more as a medical condition, like an addictive drug, and not purely as a moral issue. You know, the truth is, is in the same way as friends of mine that smoke cigarettes. Like, I've never met a believer who sat down in my office to talk about this topic that was like pleased they were addicted 
to looking at online pornography. Instead, a hundred times out of a hundred, the person's filled with shame because they're genuinely unable to stop. It's like heroin. Yes, I understand that there's this, this moral component to it, but at some point it, there's a shift that happens where it's, it's no longer, it's no longer sexual in nature, but that the motivation's chemical, like cocaine, like heroin, like opioid addiction. And I think we need to, we need to, as a church, as, as Christians, uh, destigmatize it to a degree where it's just recognizing that this is not just a moral thing, but, but there's an, an underlying addiction and I think that will help us shift our strategies on now dealing with it if we view it like an addiction and not just a moral issue. Number four, can we be honest at best? The Bible is vague when it comes to masturbation and B doesn't address this new paradigm of sex in a digital context. Like, like for example, in the New Testament, you find the, the word fornication and sexual immorality, these two phrases, like 25 times. And, and people want to say, you know, they'll, they'll point to the fact uh, that the word for sexual immorality in the Greek is pornia, and that fornication is pornil, but both having this, this root with porn. But, but it's not the same thing. Like both of these describe a, an illicit sexual intercourse between individuals. Uh, it's often used in, in the context of, of the Greek language for prostituting oneself. It, it describes an unlawful sexual intercourse. Like what we're encountering with pornography in a digital context is just a totally different, unique cultural thing. It's bizarre. It's not quite as black and white, cut and dry. Uh, number five, and, and I think that this, again, uh, four, uh, three, four, and five kind of flow together. But I think we should really consider, and again, this is going to be controversial. Just don't hate me for it. <laughs> but what we're doing is not working, so maybe a new strategy would be okay. But maybe, just maybe, we should stop understanding this is a drug, understanding most guys don't want to be doing this anyway, understanding this is an addiction. It's this new thing that it's, it's, it's a man and a man just by himself, a woman by herself. Like maybe we should stop making the moral equivalency or linking pornography and adultery. That, that the two things are actually a little different, quite different. You know, the motivation for looking at porn and the motivation of a wife going out and cheating, of a, of a man going out and cheating on his wife, the motivations of the two acts are entirely different, completely different. You see, the addiction of pornography is, is, is dopamine, how it surges, how it works in the brain. Men don't look at porn because they don't love their wives. They look at porn because they're addicted to getting high. Number six, maybe we should remove the extreme consequences uh, for those brave enough to be transparent. I know so many pastors, seriously, just the stats alone. So many pastors that struggle with pornography, that want to be free from pornography, that know they need help breaking this addiction, that they need help with this drug, but they won't talk to anyone about it because they know they'll lose their job and then lose their marriage. And you might say, well, you know, that's the consequences of sin, Zach. And, and you know what? Okay, that's fine. Again, we can keep doing what we're doing and not dealing with it. I, I know so many, so many people in the church struggling with this issue, but they're afraid that if they're, if they're honest about it, that they're going to be branded with the, the scarlet letter and excommunicated, kept at arm's length, that all these things are taboo. You know, we are in a pandemic. It's destroying our country. It's destroying people. And maybe we need a different approach. You've been listening to the Outlaw Radio. Check out our website, outlawradio.org. Email us, info at outlawradio.org. Again, my name is Zach Adams. I hope you join me again this time next week for more of the Outlaw Radio Show. You've been listening to the one and only Outlaw Radio Show with Zach Adams. 
As mentioned, if you like what you heard, be sure to connect with us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter or check out our website by visiting outlawradio.org. To listen again to today's show, access our daily two-minute broadcast or full-length episodes, check out the Outlaw Radio podcast, available on both iTunes and Google Play. Once again, don't forget, we want to hear from you. If you have questions, want to challenge something that was said, or would like to submit topics you'd like to hear Zach discuss on air, you can either email us at info at outlawradio.org, or you can leave a voicemail at 678-883-3316. Finally, programs like Outlaw Radio are wonderful tools God can use to change lives. But as with any ministry, there are expenses involved. First, if you're not tithing to your local church, you need to do so. And yet, if God has laid it upon your heart to extend your generosity above and beyond your tithe, we'd ask that you prayerfully consider supporting Outlaw Radio. Every donation ensures this show remains on your local station. To learn how you can become a financial partner, please visit outlawradio.org. Well, that's all the time we have for today. We hope you join us again next week for the Outlaw Radio Show with Zach Adams. Outlaw Radio is a ministry of Calvary 316 in partnership with his productions.